For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This week on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. AEW has its first champion, and it's Chris Jericho. That's one of the headlines out of an all-out show that we will be discussing, along with the great ladder match between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks and the Kenny Omega slump angle. There was another amazing show across the pond as New Japan held its Royal Quest show at a raucous copper box. And it was filled with great matches. Kenta and Ishii, G.O.D. and Aussie Open, and of course Okada and Suzuki. We will break it down. In WWE, Bailey turns heel and the King of the Ring semis are set with a twist on the Raw side. Plus we will weigh all in against All Out with your feedback on which show was best. Two-Faced Wrestling Talk starts right now. WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul. And we're doing our best not to melt away in New Orleans. It is ungodly hot in New Orleans right now. Uh, but we should feel fortunate. It could be worse. We could have been battling the effects of Hurricane Dorian, which uh, was just horrible in the Bahamas. And luckily, most of the co- coast of the United States is going to avoid it. But uh, uh, our best to anybody who is uh, dealing with the effects of that horrible hurricane. Uh, but, uh, we thought we were going to get it maybe if it went through the state of Florida. Luckily, that didn't happen. Yep. Good thing your parents are safe in Florida. <laughs> that is true, yeah. too. And everyone else. I just need some cooler weather, regardless yeah. of unrelated to the hurricane, because I need to start listening to Halloween music, and I did start this morning. Yeah. So, it needs to be fall weather for that to really, really you're, go. You're, you're a long way from that, as, uh, I think tomorrow's high is supposed to be like 98 or something. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, some uh, some tidbits before we get into the show. And uh, we, we've mentioned it the last two weeks. Uh, this now is our final show on Wrestling Inc. Next week, uh, special Friday the 13th, start on our uh, our own. Yep, you can find where to find us if you go to our website, twofacepod.com. There's a tab called Find the Pod. Some of the icons don't have links yet because we're waiting to be approved by iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Hopefully that will be by next week. But uh, if you go to the Find the Pod tab, uh, whatever is kind of ready to go and able to be clicked, those are the feeds that are right and correct and ready to go. So twofacepod.com, you can easily find us on your favorite audio platforms or you could just try searching two-faced wrestling talk on whatever podcast app you use and we hope you will follow us from uh, wrestling inc to our brand new venture and of course we want to thank wrestling inc for hosting us for uh 54 episodes counting tonight yep uh specifically thanks to raj for always being so nice to us and for letting us do this podcast for so long indeed uh another uh launching news is uh we have kicked off 
our new Patreon site, and we're uh, really happy with the levels we're going to be offering. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of great rewards, including like a bonus wrestling talk video for the higher levels. But there's also some like bonus pop culture videos at the lower levels and a bonus sports talk video for the $5 a month level, which I think is a steal, really. You actually get two sports talks with you per a month. month. Yeah. Which is pretty good, I think. And plus, you get our brew request list, our full beer challenge list to to see where we've been going all across the country to different breweries. I, I wrote down every brewery we went to together, and I put the website and little notes about the beers we had and stuff. So that'll be up soon. I just finished the list. And merch and uh, special episodes and all kinds of stuff. Find it at patreon.com slash superkickingit, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. Yeah, and we uh, really hope you'll uh, support us. We uh, obviously would love the uh, the help and support to uh, keep us going to wrestling shows. Uh, of course, last week we didn't end up going all out just because it was too much money. So, uh, If you guys want us to survive and you love <laughs> listening to our podcast, please uh, consider investing. If you can't, that's okay, but it would really help us out a lot because now we're paying actually for two audio hosting sites. I was already paying for one. We just signed up for a different one, so I'm kind of in the midst of having to pay for two. It would really help us out. <laughs> Um, and it's really more like an investment. So thank you guys. Yes, thank you. And thanks to uh, WrestlingTravel.org for uh, all of their support of the show. And lots of uh, big travel opportunities ahead with them. Yeah, just go to WrestlingTravel.org. You could also find them on social media, at Wrestling Travel. They're partnering with a whole bunch of people. They're actually presenting one of Impact's upcoming shows, which is really exciting. It says right on the advertisement presented by wrestling travel that's a big deal so yeah, congratulations huge. to wrestling travel and the impact it's kind of neat yeah and uh again support them so they can keep supporting us and plus it's a great cause because it's wrestling fans creating a travel site for other wrestling fans it's a great company yep thanks to everyone with wrestling travel but now it's time to give our opinions on the latest wrestling shows news and developments it's time for headlines <laughs> going to start with the aforementioned uh, all-out show that we did not travel to, but of course we watched live, much like all of you, and uh, we will we'll weigh this out with our viewers later in the show, which was better all-out or all-in, but there were certainly uh, some good matches in all-out. Uh, I, I thought the the Kenny Pac or Pac uh, match was probably the one that really started me most interested in the show. I thought it was a really good match. I thought it was a very good match, and I did think, though, that it was super early in the evening. That was very strange how low on the card it was, and I wonder, had Moxley been there, would it have been so low? I don't think so. I honestly think that the Cody match could have gone there had Moxley been on the show. Probably. I think think you're right. And uh, one of the things that jumped out to me in this match... And, uh, again, this may be something AEW is going to have to look into is uh, how close the barricades are to the ring itself. Both Omega and Pac hit them their legs on the barricade on their way out of the ring. Omega hit his foot on the barricade on a flip, and then Pac, his looked a lot scarier. He hit his leg across, and it was reminiscent to me of the TK Orion thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. We know <laughs> how dangerous it can be. We saw the effects literally... TK's leg like shattered on camera like live I saw it live it was a scary moment and that's what happens when the barricades are dangerously close to the ring so you always got to be aware of that and um they did some good selling after that but I bet you their legs were actually a little bit sore yeah considering you can't really control your landing very much when you're literally landing in the middle of a barricade yeah and Pac was doing a moonsault off the top or off the uh, ring post so uh not anywhere really for him to go and so yeah, I thought it was scary. I was like, I, I cringed when it happened. Great match, though. I think it could have been even longer. Mm-hmm. However, I would have liked to have seen it gone even five, ten more minutes. And, of course, you know, they're pushing this whole Omega slump angle in which his loss kind of supports that angle. But, you know, he did win <laughs> before. It's not like he's like, oh, and like, like no wins at all before right. going into this match. So I guess I feel like the slump angle going into the match with the, was a little bit of a stretch. Now it kind of makes sense. You could say now that he's in a slump. That makes more sense. But 
I, I find it interesting, we're going to probably see the Kenny Omega chasing angle, which, you know, Kenny Omega, we saw him chasing the title with Okada. Mm-hmm. And that actually was really good for his character and his persona and how over he was with the audience. And I think we're going to see that, a similar thing now. I think that will be really good. However, we're going to get that match with Moxley at the Full Gear pay-per-view. Will that be another blip on his record? Will it be a loss? I don't know because I, I have a feeling if they're going to go like the slump angle, he's going to have to lose. But you could paint it the other way. Well, then, man, you know, Omega's looking pretty darn weak. But that's the whole angle. So, I don't know. Either way, it could make sense. Well, he, he lost in this one after uh, Pac reversed the one-wing angel into a submission brutalizer. And Omega just passes out. So, he didn't tap out. He passed out. Uh, I floated, as we were watching this match, that maybe they do the slump angle that Kenny reassesses himself and goes back to the cleaner. And maybe maybe we see the old cleaner... The cleaner and was all the that. best, yeah. The cleaner right, was Right, and awesome. the Rise of the Terminator and all that stuff. Maybe uh, maybe this is kind of a, uh, oh, I need to go back to my roots kind of thing. And, he, you know, maybe in that full gear he does come out uh, in his old gear. Yeah, maybe so. We'll have to just wait and see. And I do want to back up a second before we go forward and talk about the Jurassic Express, the new name for Luchasaurus, Marco's stunt, and... Jungle Boy? And Jungle Boy. Yeah. I think it's a great... Or Jungle Jack, <laughs> which <laughs> I think we'll talk about in a second. I think it's a great <laughs> team name, and I really loved in the video package, and this is the only reason I'm talking about this. I mean, I love the match, but, it but was. the part that sticked out, stuck out to me the most was the cup of water that they show vibrating oh, yeah. in the open, which is a direct homage or tribute to Jurassic Park where you could see the water the vibrations in the water shake and you know that T-Rex is coming and they're all looking like oh god what's happening (laughs) it's crazy how over Luchasaurus is and he's so awesome my dad actually just met uh the guy from Jurassic Park at the airport Bill Paxton no or Bill Pullman no no or uh I don't even remember which one. Uh, Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. I couldn't remember <laughs> I his name. I'm mixing like, up movies. I don't... <laughs> Bill Pullman is definitely is, not in Jurassic Park. He's he's a twister. Yes. Yes. Oh, they're dropping a... T- they were, like, if you ever go to the twister thing in Universal Studios, he's like, oh, they dropped a eight-ton whatever truck on me and Helen Hunt. I don't know the way he says it. He's like, they dropped a, a truck on me and Helen Hunt. <laughs> and there's a terrible... Uh, ride i guess you could call it but they dismantled it now i kind of miss it <laughs> there's we diverted <laughs> well off the path there jurassic park it started with and my dad met jeff goldblum, jeff goldblum yeah, yeah. Uh, he said he was cool at the airport how about me just spouting off actors that weren't in <laughs> <laughs> life uh finds a way <laughs> our uh, wrestling podcast is gonna have to fo- find a way to continue after is, this sidetrack this, this is true yes let's go um <laughs> uh, Right after that, probably the second best match of the night. You could even argue the best match. It was certainly uh, fun and uh, entertaining to watch. Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela. Uh, <laughs> these guys are all crazy. <laughs> the coffin drop with the barrel. That was my favorite part. And it was uh, interesting to see that they had lightened up the barrel. If you guys remember when they used a barrel at All In, it definitely seemed truly heavy, like a real legit barrel. This was like kind of like a phony barrel, just used for looks and advertisement, which is fine because it, it worked really good in the match. Way better had it been heavier. So then if it would have been heavier, I, I mean. Yeah, Darby um, Allen. Uh... The coffin drop was awesome. The coffin drop, and then don't forget earlier, the skateboard with the thumbtacks. That was incredible. There's so many good parts of this match, and man, Janela just taking that wicked bump when he goes to flip onto the floor and nobody's there, and right. he just thumps yeah. onto the floor. Brutal! <laughs> just another reason, out of like the billion reasons there is to love Joey Janela, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I love all three of these guys because they're just crazy. I mean, you know... You, when we talk about appreciating the wrestlers that are putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment, these three are the epitome of that because they're yeah. they're all all nuts. Man, and how surprising was it that Havoc actually got the win? Because we had been saying he needs to stand out in this match, he needs to shine, because the other two guys, had they had previously, before this match, had a way bigger spotlight, in my opinion, than Jimmy Havoc did. So I think it was good that they let him get the win. 
I, I what I like is, you know, we talked about that Jimmy Havoc needed a push and, and needed to get over a little bit. And so I'm, I'm glad that happened. And, you know, I think Darby Allen's momentum keeps growing and Joey Janelle, obviously, everybody knows him. And so uh, these three guys, it's going to be I think I said it to you during the match. How much of the this kind of match will these guys be allowed to do on TV? It is TV 14. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, because that's what the essence of these three guys is, is is these crazy matches. I think what we saw it all out wasn't anything more than PG, I mean, TV-14. Yeah. So, I don't think that they couldn't do what they did. I mean, I don't think it's too over the top or anything. If you remember when Raw was, you know, that rating, there was worse stuff. Yeah. Especially sexuality-wise. But there was a lot more blood, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what they did at All Out was was perfectly fine for TNT's restrictions. So yeah. We'll, we'll see. see. And we'll see, you know, where, what direction all three of these guys go, you know, as far as uh, competition once the uh, TV program gets going. Uh, the match after that, Dark Order beat Best Friends. Uh, I did like JR commenting about it again. This shows the commitment of AEW towards uh, tag team wrestling. Uh, but in the end, the probably the moment of that match is Orange Cassidy appearing and uh, the big group hug. <laughs> I loved that a lot. And I know a lot of other people enjoyed it as well. You haven't traditionally been a fan of Orange Cassidy. What did you think of his appearance in this match? He doesn't excite me. But he does do some cool stuff. I mean, with his hands in his pockets, he's just flipping out of the ring. That's yeah, cool. yeah. When he does the suicide dive and all that, yeah. How could you could you do it with your hands in your pockets? I couldn't do a suicide dive through the, you know, on the without like, your hands in like your pockets? big foam things without my hands in the pocket. Okay. I'm not sure my fat ass could fit between the ropes. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I I think it's pretty cool what he can do with no hands. Yes. I'd be scared to, like, wrestle like that. Like, when he just, like, you know, acts all casual, like, how is he not all freaked out? Like, that he would, like, when he did the kip up. Yeah. I was like, what if he wouldn't have been able to, like, have enough momentum to actually kip up? And then, like, he wouldn't look like, look like a cool guy character like he's supposed to. So if, if he would have messed up in that moment, it could have ruined everything for his presentation. So imagine the pressure in that one moment just from a kip up. Because his hands were in his pocket. Yeah, no, he's impressive, and yeah. he's he's definitely over. There's no doubt about. It. So you praised Jr.'s commentary a minute ago, in this very match. But in this same match, he keeps questioning who Orange Cassidy is to an alarming extent. Like, come on. <laughs> Like, at least pretend to know the product. Like, he might have, you know, said it that way so that the other announcers could explain for the people watching at home who are like, who is this? So so maybe he was prodding them, saying, like, come on, explain who he is for the people at home. But it came off more to me like he didn't know who who his own <laughs> roster was. Like, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we'll talk a little mo- bit more about JR in, in, a, in a bit uh, when we wrap up this segment. But, yeah, that was a little, you know, sometimes announcers will act like somebody is just a complete surprise guy and that's fine but yeah the way he said who is this guy was like and he kept saying it over and over like like more than once like yeah so (laughs) i don't know that was what was odd to me um what'd you think of the cody rhodes sean spears match i liked it a lot however i think the finish should have been different how so i think sean spears should have gone over yeah they were building him as a heel and like just a total 180 different type of character than the character of Ty Dillinger from WWE. I thought they did a good job of building him up and making the story intriguing just to have his momentum squashed. I just think he could have been a a better heel and a more threatening heel had he won for the future of the company. Whereas Cody now, I think he's got one of the best win-loss records in the entire company. So you're setting up one of the owners as kind of like a Triple H situation. In fact, our friend Anthony at Smart to Death said... Oh, he's going to turn into Triple H here <laughs> soon. He basically is Triple H. I'm hey, like, oh, geez. I joked with you that the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes were putting themselves over in this promotion. The Young Bucks put other people over. They, Cody, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I thought some of the uh, other stuff was just as entertaining in this match, whether it was MJF challenging Tully Blanchard or the arrival of Arn Anderson. That was the best. God, the crowd went insane, and they were marking out and so... Just the roar from the crowd was so insanely loud. And he delivered a same old, as good as always, Triple A Spinebuster on Spears. Yeah, he did. He did. And uh, I'm sure it felt good for him to uh, 
be a part of AEW after the falling out at WWE and getting a chance to uh, perform on the stage like that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was really a nice little touch. <laughs> Fun throwback. We criticize, you know, people for being too nostalgic, but I think it had a place in this match. I agree. So. I agree. Uh, so probably the match of the night. No, probably it was the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. We knew it would be. It was for the AAA championship. And uh, these guys delivered right from the get-go. You, you know, the Young Bucks coming out in, in masks, I thought, was awesome. It was really great. And they had a tweet, actually, that said, you know, to to beat your enemy, you have to become your enemy. And it showed them with those masks on in this, like, really menacing tweet. It was awesome. Uh, it was like a gif. I loved their gear, like we just said. But more importantly, the sequences in the match were just insane. There were some parts where I was legitimately scared, <laughs> especially when Nick goes to flip out of the ring onto tables and he catches his legs on the rope oh, God. and his head really hits the table. Like, it was not supposed to go like that. That, like, just made me go, no! Yeah, no, that was a horrible crash. I was the table. scared. But he tweeted the day after... Or the or two days after, I'm alive. <laughs> Literally, the tweet said, "I'm alive." And I well, like, thank I, goodness. I like there were a couple sequences in the match where either Pentagon and and Matt were like on opposite sides of the ring, about to hit each other's uh, opponent. Move. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of did stereo stuff, which is obviously synchronized, and you know, and but that's fine or choreographed. But uh, and then vice versa, like Nick and Phoenix would do a move at the same time. So I. It made for a good visual when they did it. I like when Pentagon and Matt both did stereo suicide dives through the table. That was awesome. So that doesn't bother you then? Because sometimes you hate the overly scripted parts of matches where it looks like it's choreographed. And like you just said, one could argue that obviously it's choreographed if they're doing it stereo in sync. Yeah, but I think in this case where there is actually things... You know where my problem lies. where Where nobody's doing anything. It's just... It's like you don't like the comedy. It's like stuff. they're dancing in the ring. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. No, I'm not uh, a big fan of that. Uh, shocking part of this was when Matt ripped uh, Pentagon's mask off. Yeah, like like full on took it yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, like total heel. <laughs> like, that was awesome. Uh, and people were booing for a second, like no. Uh, I just love the whole thing. It was insane and. I honestly think it's probably their best meetup out of all their AEW meetups. And even if we include PWG in there, it might be even the best out of all their meetups, including that. Well, we talked about the Young Bucks having masks on at the beginning of the match. At the end, two masked figures appear, and that elicited a little bit of a squeal from Kelsey. Yeah. LAX! <laughs> I got to see LAX versus Young Bucks on the Chris Jericho cruise. Super lucky to have seen that. Really hard to find. They never really released it on Ring of Honor's, you know, streaming platform. I guess because it was obviously cross-promotional at the time with the Young Bucks still in ROH at that point and with LAX in Impact at that point. So I got to see the two teams meet up. Let me just say, you guys... You're in for a treat because the match was flipping awesome. And just knowing that we could get that potentially eventually in AEW, pretty darn excited. I know how good it could be. I saw it firsthand in yep. the first row on the cruise. Yep. So pretty darn cool. No, I can't wait when they when they square off. That's I mean, you think about the three tag teams that were involved there are three of the best in the world and, and the possibilities for matches. Um, but then you figure in Best Friends and Dark Order and uh and helico and evans and uh uh you know all these other tag teams scu scu i I knew i was forgetting somebody i mean again the commitment to tag team wrestling in aew is i think the thing that is going to set it apart more than anything else i think so too and i think right now their tag division can't be touched it's really strong and they can add to it obviously like the revival left wwe right but let me, before we move on to the rest of the show, put you in the spot and say it was a great ladder match, but did you like this Bucks ladder match better than the Bucks Hardys ladder match at Supercard of Honor that we were there live at in Orlando? I, well, it wasn't really Orlando, but. I didn't like this ladder's match as much as I like G.O.D. and the Briscoes. <laughs> really? Yeah, I thought G.O.D. and the Briscoes was better. Oh, that's so th- I mean, this was great. This was fantastic, but. So not your favorite ladder match of even this year. Not even in the last month, no. Gosh, wow. I wasn't expecting that choice to be so easy for you. No, and it was great. It was fantastic, and it easily is one of the matches of the year. 
the Briscoes God match was pretty darn good. I gotta it was say, pretty insane. Yeah, it was. It was more bloody. Yeah, it was, yeah. and it was crazy, and and this was crazy. But no, I mean, I, I look, you can flip a coin. I mean, they were both equally as good. I guess but it's just but personal preference. To answer your question, whether the Hardy one was better, I don't know. Just because I love the Hardy so much, for for me, older nostalgic factor too. Probably, I guess I would. But, God, I love the Lucha Brothers so much, and I love Phoenix so much. I don't know. I would have to say I like the Hardys match better because of the awesome speech afterwards where Matt Hardy was talking about the importance of tag team wrestling and how it's in safe hands with the Young Bucks and how they're literally the best tag team they had ever faced. Because there's so many similarities between the Bucks and the Hardys. I thought that was really prominently displayed in that match. Just the similarities. And that's when we saw Nick... And he did a similar move in this AEW all-out match. He goes from the ladder to springboarding off the top rope to flipping through a table. Yep. And I think he did something similar in this AEW match, but he, I don't think he went through a table. No, the one the one at uh, that was at Supercard in Lakeland, and uh, that was unbelievable. That was that. awesome. The whole the whole place went crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah. freaking awesome. Night concluded with uh, Paige and Jericho uh, for the first ever chance to raise the AEW championship page comes riding in on a horse which was that was unique that's awesome <laughs> also unique the first female ref for a men's championship match which was pretty cool for it was her amazing as well. i she, think she did a great job and she had one of the best reactions of a referee it was very charles robinson like when uh i think jericho kicked out of a move that page had done and the, her look of exasperation Someone freezed that exact moment you were referring to and was like, Accident- accidental renaissance painting. Because the way they froze it, it looked like a renaissance painting because she was like posed like on the ground and she was like, oh. and then like the other people were like, oh. it was just very much like a painting. I wish I could remember who tweeted that so you guys could go check it out, but it was a great tweet and a great moment in the match. I, th- I thought the match was decent. Oh, actually, before we get away from the ref, you noticed uh, one of her actions in the match that was not so discreet. <laughs> I don't think it was her fault, no. though. I think it was the camera angles and the directing. And, you know, for much of the show, it was better. Because if we go all the way back to the pre-show with the Women's Battle Royal, the cut, the cutting in the control room, the camera takes were <laughs> terrible. Uh, they kept missing things and stuff. So that was bad camera work. But again, in this Paige Jericho match, another bad camera work part was when you could clearly see her handing... Jericho the blade yeah like I see her reach in her pocket I see her hand him something in his hand like I saw the whole thing very clear as day yeah and then he goes out the ring and sure enough he's bleeding sure enough it was just way too obvious again it's not her fault at all I just think they could have totally taken another shot where that you couldn't see that angle of her hand reaching in her pocket there wasn't uh there wasn't a lot of uh like epic moments in this match I thought the Jericho catching Page out of the shooting star press into the code breaker down on the floor was awesome. And uh, even though we're not huge fans of the Judas effect, I thought the way he hit it to win the title was pretty good. Looked better. And uh, it was hard to follow that, you know, that Lucha Brothers Young Bucks match. So it was good for having to follow such an insane high energy match that really probably tired the crowd out. So taking that into consideration, I think the main event was really good because it had to contend with that. And we're going to talk more about compete, uh, comparing All In and All Out in our second segment. We, we asked you guys about it, and we'll get some of your comments on that, and we'll weigh in as well yeah. on our thoughts. But Jericho sure did uh, enjoy having that championship until he lost it, like, right away at Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> but he has recovered it. It has been recovered. Yes. So With the help with a little bit of the bubbling, <laughs> there's this meme going all around. You probably don't even know anything about it. No, I heard it. you watching it the other day. God, it was so funny. They did a Spice Girls remix with a little bit of the bubbly mixed in. They did a whole bunch, like Olymp Biscuit one. God, it's so good. I could watch those all day. Anyway, he found it. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's move on to JR's commentary. I know this is a hot-button topic, we have talked about this in the past. Look, I'm the older one here. I watched JR through the 90s, through the Attitude Era. Um, he is a legend. He is great. Nobody is disputing that. He just doesn't fit in AEW. And I know there are people that are going to scream at their, at, their, at their devices that they're listening to this podcast on because they are loyal to JR. And again, it's not a shot at JR. 
it's just not a good fit. There's people, like, defending to the ends of the earth, like, saying that we weren't really qualified to to give that opinion. I think if you're making constructive criticism, we're not trying to be mean. We respect JR greatly. That's yeah. the whole thing. I just feel like I hate the referencing of the info sheet. I hate that he says people's names wrong. I hate how he seems confused about the company in general. Like, you're supposed to be promoting and pitching this company to new people. You're supposed to get this stuff over with them. Now, I will say, the one good thing about JR being on commentary is he is that voice for old school fans who might be tuning into AEW. He's that familiar voice who might bring in some people who who know his name. But I just don't know if that's worth it. I mean, I'm an old school fan. I'm an old school fan, and I don't need him on there. I I want, the whether it's wrestling or football, I don't want people that are distracting me from the product. I, 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 I want it to just perfectly weave into the broadcast, you know. And it goes for sideline reporters in football games and... You know, whatever. You know, it's sh- you should you should notice if they're good. You should almost just feel like they're part of it, and you shouldn't be like, "Oh my God, did that person just say that? Did that person just say that person's name wrong?" You know, I thought I was going crazy when he, he I heard Jungle Jack like three times. I'm like, "Is he keep calling Jungle Boy Jungle Jack?" And you hadn't even heard it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I like Jr. I I love Jr. I love Jr. and the King together fantastic but i just think especially because excalibur is a play-by-play guy it is it's like they're stepping over each other and it's awkward to hear too because you could almost especially when they had their own camera parts you could see almost like jr like rubbing his sheet of paper like wrap it up excalibur (laughs) i'm sure it wasn't really like that but it really came off like that to me because i know they're both play-by-play guys they're both the straight guys right so it's very hard and awkward like if you don't have like a heel or color guy he doesn't have to be a heel but just somebody else then it's kind of very weird i'm more of a fan of a two-man booth anyway and this was a three-man booth which is something i don't like about wwe as well but um if you're gonna have a three-man at least i would say two personalities and one play-by-play yeah no i agree with that completely i think that's the way it should be having two play by play guys the only time it really worked was when excalibur and uh, ian were in all in they flowed back and forth between each other so well right i thought they were really good and look excalibur is one of the best play by play guys in the business so that's why i didn't think jr was necessary to bring in Uh, i think excalibur and golden boy are fine together you don't really need a third, but if it was going to be a third, I think it needs to be a former wrestler of some sort. Yeah, I uh, I have to agree with you there. <laughs> all right, well, uh, more on all in and all or all out versus all in uh, later in the show, but let's move on to a great show at the Copper Box in England. It was N- NJPW's Royal Quest show, and uh, we love this show. I I don't it's close to as good as all out that's how good i how much i like this show. i really liked the main event quite a bit i mean i might have liked the main event just as much as anything we watched on all out suzuki and okada yeah, of course was that a was a great match i mean and they've had god so many matches we talked about some of them last week on our podcast and like this one really stood up to that like just when you think like oh how much more c- can they do together it was like new and refreshing and i think the crowd actually really added to it because you know traditionally the british crowd the european crowd is really really into it they chant they are really loud they're creative with their chants too god and they really like a lot of them like suzuki in oh, fact yeah. there was parts where they were clearly rooting for suzuki oh they booed okada a few times it was yeah. awesome no, just a crowd like that it just adds so much no to it. it was awesome they were raucous uh, they said the crowd was about 7500 and it was loud throughout and uh, really just added a lot to the, to the show and was uh, very entertaining. Uh, good uh, One negative, though, was uh, the audio issues. Where First, at the beginning of the show, they had no audio for either guy. Kevin uh, Kelly like, Kev- was overmodulated. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then he was too low. At one point, Gino Gambino had to give Kevin Kelly his headset yeah. during the... So that was the one downside of the broadcast. Uh, but the match quality was great. Yeah, I, I mean, right at the beginning, Juice and Ibushi uh, tagging together was good because they were going against Hikaleo, who they made a comment about his chops. And it reminded me of when we were at the show in Grand Rapids when he hit a chop on TK Orion that sounded like a thunderbolt. And uh, 
he did the same thing in this show, but Juice was like insane. What, he was what was he doing? So extra weird. He like, was so. He's usually weird, but this was extra weird. Yeah, he was a plus weirdness. Yeah, he was crazy. Yeah. At one point, he's like rubbing his nipples for the crowd. It's it was all weird. very weird. It's very strange, uh, but funny. The match between Osprey and Eagles against Phantasmo and Ishimori was a early card match, but I think it's setting up for something much longer down the road because. Uh, they were they were all great together. Well, as and you it's would a continuation yeah. of when you know Eagles was in Bullet Club, right? And then he went to Chaos with Osprey. I really like this story continuing on, and I'd be okay if it continued on for a long time, like you just referenced. That would be really entertaining. And all those guys have great chemistry, and they're all great in ring. So how can you go wrong? And Phantasmo's really? perfect heel wise. I mean, he he employed all the Bullet Club techniques. At one point, he's like standing on a uh, Eagles uh, Nether region. What, on the top rope. And what a cool finish by Osprey and Eagles doing the duel one-man Spanish fly off the top. Yeah, on Ishimori? Yeah. Oh, my God, that was insane. It that was so flipping cool. awesome. And that was, like I said, early in the match, and then you had Naito and Sonata tagging together. But the the tag team match that may jump out the most was G.O.D. versus Aussie Open. And I've seen a little of Aussie Open when we've watched Revolve, uh, but these guys are really, really good. And... Uh, they had a, a two-minute sequence where there was just all sorts of insanity yeah. by them. They were really good. The crowd was so into them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome because half the crowd wanted Aussie Open and the other half wanted G.O.D. And there was just dueling chance the whole entire match. you got to feel good as a performer in the ring when both teams are getting that big of chance. It just makes you feel good. And I think it probably gave them a lot of energy and pumped them up to deliver such a good match. More of the Bullet Club in the following matches. The newest member, Kenta, took on Ishii, and this was a fantastic match for the Never Open Weight title. And, of course, there were Bullet Club uh, shenanigans. shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had to get involved, and they hit the Magic Killer at one point on Ishii, uh, but Ishii still kicks out of it. But I, I, the visual of the match for me was when Ishii and Kenta sat cross-legged in the center of the ring. Like the just, Shibata match. Yeah, and just beat them hell out of each other because there's this great match between shibata and ishii where they do the same thing and they just go wild on each other so that was very reminiscent of that especially because shibata is a part of this story with kenta and mm-hmm. bc basically sitting on top of him and and hurting him and stuff and i just think every part of this was really well done and what do you think though about kenta winning ishii's championship well we love ishii I, I know, we, so I'm kind of bummed. We both had him in the top seven of our favorite wrestlers, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm kind so. of bummed that he I am too. lost. I, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised they gave Kenta a belt so quickly, but Me at the too. same time, uh, I guess it kind of makes sense. And, you know, Bullet Club and, collecting some belts, you know. <laughs> and at least there was, like you said, some shenanigans. So it wasn't like it was completely clean. Right. So it protects Ishii a little bit in that sense but still come on I wanted Ishii to stay dominant and stay strong especially after that G1 yeah I would think that they would reward him with a little bit of a run you know I don't know I like uh, we've been critical of Kenta's GTS's but this one was pretty good as he won the title the only thing that wasn't good was the (laughs) the post match he kept slipping off of the ropes when he was trying to get on and hold his belt up what was with that in the corner he's trying to get up there and he's slipping and slipping then he has to go to the other side to get on the (laughs) Like, I guess they were just and Tomatonga's wet. like helping him up. Yeah. But I thought it was, maybe he was concussed or something because he was loopy trying to get up on the ropes. I don't know if it was that or if it was just because it was slick. Yeah, I'm I really sure don't that's know. What it was. But it looked hilarious. Like he just won the belt and he, he can't even get up there to hold it up. Uh, uh, another title change, uh, sort of a surprise, but not really Tanahashi taking ZSJ's. Uh, British Heavyweight Championship. I'm bummed out about it. <laughs> I wanted ZSJ to keep holding it, even though he had it for a ridiculous long they time. They said uh, 900 combined dates from his uh, his various title runs. Yeah, I mean, pretty amazing. Really long time. I mean, not in a row, but still yeah. impressive nonetheless. Uh, yeah, Tanahashi, I guess, eventually had to win in their matchup against each other, especially because he had just lost when they were fighting for the same title back at G1 Supercard. So this is Tanahashi's redemption. But uh, I would have liked to have seen ZSJ be victorious again. Yeah. But I'm he, a heel. I like ZSJ. But even more so, we both wanted to see Suzuki maybe pry the title from Okada uh, in the video package. I love that they referred to Suzuki as the most terrifying of kings. <laughs> that was a great, great <laughs> phrase. Like, what the hell? Who came up with that? <laughs> and I love the visual pre-matches. Okada comes down the ramp, 
and Suzuki standing down, looking down at him from the ring with that towel over his head and the menacing stare, and Okada staring back at him. I thought it was a really cool stare down. It really was, and oh, man, talk about the crowd reaction. We've been saying that all night uh, about the whole show, but the crowd singing Kazani Nare, that was like, whoa, yeah. sounded so loud. Uh, other cool parts in, in the match, Suzuki threatening to hit... Red Shoes with a chair, and Red Shoes, like, really fearing for his life, like, <laughs> cowering, like, no, don't hit me. Like, like, he tried to bow up to Suzuki, and then, uh, then, he, <laughs> so then he, he was wheeled in the chair. He's like, all right, maybe not. Yeah, he, he went into a ball after that. I, but uh, Suzuki also flexing his leg as he was about to charge and kick Okada. Yeah, you remember the, that at the top of the top ramp? Top of the ramp, and, and then running down the ramp to hit the kick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Suzuki's still got some speed for a... Uh, Older guy. Suzuki's got everything <laughs> that you could want in a wrestler as an older guy, or any wrestler, any age could want. He is like the definition of perfection when it comes to a wrestler. Oh my god, the laughs in this match. Oh, they had so many great facial expressions, and not only Suzuki. Of course, we know his awesome, like, <laughs> like evil laugh and grimace but okada had this weird cocky mocking smile at one point saying like come on bring it on uh, give me more suzuki so okada was coming with the awesome facial expressions too i loved okada okada was mounting a comeback and suzuki just slugs him and then he turns to the crowd he's like come on okada like yeah. trying to rally up yeah. the crowd that i thought that really was great. great yeah it was great <laughs> and like i said the smiling um okada putting his hands behind his back oh saying gosh. like come on forearm me yeah. and slap me and suzuki did both and he just kept you know taking more and more it was epic god so this actually because we just had watched the 2017 match between right. suzuki and okada in which i literally said last week i observed in that match that okada and suzuki had some exchanges in the ring but not really uh, very many exchanges. There was multiple exchanges in this match, and they all lasted for a very long time. So I feel like there was way more exchanges and less submission work in this match compared to their 2017 match. Uh, at the end, uh, Okada would hit a tombstone and a rainmaker. Actually, kind of a reversal because uh, obviously Suzuki was trying to hit the Gotch pile driver. Uh, after the match, Okada looks down at Suzuki and, and indicates that he wants him one more time. So When? Gam- I'm waiting. And Gino Gambino is like, he, what does he have, a death wish? <laughs> that was a great comment by him. But I, I, I don't care when or where, I will watch it. But I wish it was soon. Like, of course, Sonata's next. Yep. He came out to the Korean, whatever. Let's just fast forward through Sonata because he's not my favorite. Yeah. Let's go back to Suzuki and actually have Suzuki win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship for one. Yeah. But of course, I knew going into this match... Suzuki's not winning the belt before Wrestle Kingdom. No. No way. No. But, so it was kind of like, eh, you knew but, what the conclusion would be. Doesn't make the match any any less great. But the question is, will he get a title before it's all said and done? I, he's I, got to. And it, You would almost want it to be sooner than later. You don't want it to be like a ceremonial kind of thing. You I want know. it to be while he's still really good. I know, and like this year, he's just done so much good stuff. Actually, since he's come back to New Japan after he was gone, starting in 2017, since then, he's been on fire, really. Anything they've asked him to do, he's delivered 110%. So you give him the belt, New Japan. Give him the belt. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how long it is, even if it's a little bit. Yeah. He deserves it. Just a, and co- a few his, months. His work rate is really high. It's not like, like you said, it's not a ceremonial thing. He is good. Yeah. He could carry the belt. He could have epic matches. So I want to see that one day. I do, too. I, I, I really, maybe, maybe he doesn't beat Okada, per se, you know, maybe it's over Sonata or something, but... Or Ibushi. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, like, the most satisfying win well, ever. Well, I'd, I'd be on the same... As much as I love Ibushi, I'd be on the same side with you. I would hope so. That was, no, your number, that was your number two with Suzuki. <laughs> yeah. And so. Ibushi was higher. Or yeah. lower, well, I should say. Yes. Uh, quickly, let's switch to WWE, the King of the Ring. Now down to the semifinals. Uh, Ricochet and Samoa Joe. And in a uh, unique kind of draw where both guys' shoulders are down. So now both... We'll face uh, Baron Corbin. It was so over the top, the whole ref angle. He's <laughs> like, he even messed up his lines on the headset. He's like, oh, I, I gotta get back with you. Go, uh, he messed up some line. He had to re-say it again. So what's the deal with him saying, like, I'll take it under advisement. And so he's talking to them through the headset. But then he goes back. So what's the point of even talking to them on the headset if you're just going to go backstage right. and talk to whoever you were just talking to? Right. In person. I it did like when they were doing the review. It was kind of like in the short-lived 
uh, Alliance of American Football when they you could hear the person doing the review and them talking to it. I thought that's kind of what they were playing off of a little bit. Uh, but in the end, Samoa Joe and Ricochet will both go on to face Corbin, who beat Cedric Alexander. I'm not surprised Corbin beat Alexander, especially since they had Alexander get beat up before the match. I'm surprised that Ali lost because why have Buddy lose to him if Ali's not going to go further? I thought the whole point was, okay, give Ali that push he missed out on a couple of months ago when Kofi took his place. But since they're not doing that, why not just go with Buddy and give him a little bit more momentum because he was on a hot streak anyway? Yeah. I and, don't know. And they've killed my thing last week. I said I wanted Ricochet versus Ali or versus Andrade. It's not going to be either of them because Chad Gable beat Andrade. So uh, Gable versus Elias. So my my guess could still happen. I remember how you said, what's your dream scenario? I said Joe versus Gable. Yeah. Technically, it could still happen. Well, and especially because Joe had a little interaction with Gable before his match, saying uh, it was ridiculous uh, that, you you know, he doesn't get mad or that he still gets mad that people make fun of his size. And then he said... If he did win King of the Ring, he'd look like a big old baby wearing uh, adult clothes yeah. <laughs> sitting on, on the throne. So, so maybe, so maybe they are happen. setting that up. Who knows? That would be awesome. Let's talk about the big thing everyone's talking about, the Bailey heel turn. Unexpected, kind of, but also people are happy because they wanted this for a long time. I don't know why people are so <laughs> into her being a heel, but I thought it's a little, I think it's a little bit awkward. It's I mean, she's she's, she's not a bad. Fa- she's a baby face. I know. So it's going to be hard to sell her as a heel. And she cracked me up because she, you could tell she was tentative with the chair. I know. Like she was. That was on SmackDown, huh? Uh, was it on SmackDown when she was using the chair? Because they did two. They did no, no. I can't remember which. No, one I think it was now. on Raw. I think. It was on Raw. Yeah. I thought they came out again on SmackDown. Maybe too. it was because Charlotte. It was on Charlotte. So yeah. yeah she was, so yeah, SmackDown, right? Yeah. So. She she just was so tentative with the chair shots, like I don't want to hurt my friend kind of thing. And then so Sasha gets Sasha the chair, like, and she's care. like, "I'm beating the hell out of you. I don't care. I'll, I'll hurt your shoulder. I'll get you wherever." Because Sasha's shots looked real yeah. and painful. I was like, "Man." So we'll see how that Bailey heel turn goes. I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of her being heel, but. It gets her and Sasha like back together, so that's cool. I'd rather see them feud. Well, I'd rather Bailey be the face and Sasha be the monster heel, but I'm sure this is going to lead up to that At eventually. some point. There's yeah. got to be a splintering at some point. It's just Bailey's such a good heel, especially for merchandising, for kids. It's like there's so few baby faces that are that pure in wrestling. She's one of them. And then you take that away, it's like, man, no one else is a baby face as seamlessly as her, in my opinion. Yeah. Except maybe Sami Zayn, but he works even better as a heel than she does. Well, yeah, much, much but more he, so. I like him as a face better as well, but uh, than a heel, but but he's still better at being a heel than her. <laughs> uh, I was a little surprised at the end of SmackDown that uh, when Daniel Bryan was down there at ringside, when Rowan and Roman were confronting each other, I thought for sure, okay, here's where he turns and okay, I did well, as part of it. But Rowan ends up putting Bryan through a table, so yeah. we'll see what ends up happening there. Also, uh, Vince eating some money. I think that was the best part of Firefly Funhouse. That was so great. It was. He was like... That was one of the best Firefly Funhouses. Because it was such a great dichotomy with him. With the mixing in the Fiend stuff. The friends. And apologizing it. But also the friends. The evil Vince. The help me. The little whatever that thing's supposed to be. The rabbit, I think, yeah. I don't know. He's like, help me. And then he like pushes him (laughs) down like, don't look at him. It was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, lots of fun... Uh, with the Fun House and WWE heads to Madison Square Garden next week, and we will get that uh, semifinal match between Ricochet, Samoa Joe, and Corbin with a chance to go to uh, Clash of Champions to face the SmackDown winner between Elias and Gable uh, to become the King of the Ring. Now, when we come back, we go back to All Out and compare it to All In and get your thoughts on which was better. Plus, we look ahead to our Friday the 13th show with some special polls, that's when we come back. Two-Face Wrestling Talk is proud to be sponsored by Wrestling Travel. Check them out on Twitter at Wrestling Travel. Also go to their website, wrestlingtravel.org, to find out about all the exciting travel packages, including a travel package to All Out, which includes four nights hotel stay, StarCast Platinum Bracelet, and a lower bowl ticket across from the hard cam. They also have a very fun Wrestle Kingdom travel package, which includes round-trip airfare, five-night hotel, 
Hotel near the Tokyo Dome, lower bowl tickets to both days of Wrestle Kingdom, and guided tours by being the elite's fat-ass Masa. <laughs> Come on, who wouldn't want to hang out with Masa? I think that's like the coolest thing they offer. <laughs> you get to have some time with him, meet him, interact with him. He'll literally be hanging with you. And you'd get to be a part of the first two-day Wrestle Kingdom, which is going to be really special, in my opinion. They also have travel packages to WWE events, including WrestleMania 36, which you can sign up for information at WrestlingTravel.org. And they've got packages to the Royal Rumble as well, plus other events, too. Check out their website. There are USA travel packages, but also UK travel packages. So whether you live in the UK or where we live in the United States, you can find something for you. Also, don't forget they've got a friendly staff that can help you out. DM them on Twitter or contact them through their website. Thanks, Wrestling Travel. Our Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo was inspired by Two-Face, the Batman animated series character, and his coin. The logo was designed by the talented and creative artist Eric Hudson. Eric creates wrestling-themed pieces as well as other pop culture art. He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. You can also support his work by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dreaded dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. And we want to remind you guys that this is our last episode on Wrestling Inc., as we said at the beginning of the show. So if you guys want to continue to still listen to us or watch us, if you check us out on YouTube every week, please continue. <laughs> but if you do want to, uh, you can find us at Super Kicking It With Kelsey on YouTube. That's my YouTube channel. All of our video versions of our podcast will be there. K-E-L-S-I is how you spell my name. And again, go to twofacepod.com to find where to listen to the pod under the tab find the pod also support our newly uh, started patreon levels uh we got some good stuff for you so please support us there as well patreon.com slash super kicking it s-u-p-e-r-k-i-c-k-i-n-g-i-t all right and uh we love interaction with you guys and uh we put out a poll this week and before we get to the poll we will discuss among ourselves here all in versus all out which was better all in yeah oh, hands down hands down uh, yeah really i loved all in i was way more excited for it i don't know if i'm biased because we were there maybe that's right. why if, if we had been to all out maybe my opinion would be completely different but um although i loved the triple threat match at all out and i loved the ladder match between the bucks and the lucha brothers i just there was something in the air about All In. I mean, when Aldis and Cody. Right. Like, you know, and up to that, I liked Aldis, but, like, you know, I didn't really invest in Aldis. I just feel like that was such a huge match between two people who were just kind of, like, medium card guys. But somehow the match was, like, raised up this to... epic thing. Yeah. yeah. So, to me, that was, like, so special. It was hard to beat that. Not only that, but... I don't know, there's a lot of really cool parts. Like, I love how Ring of Honor guys were involved, yeah, like Jay Lethal exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah, I was too, and that's part of part of the reason I think I, I liked it, because Jay Lethal was part the of Briscoes it. The Briscoes were part of yeah. it. And... So, uh, I, I obviously, again, like I said with that when we were comparing matches, you could flip a coin. They were both great, but I think, again, maybe because we were there, all in. Yeah, and you know, I, I love the Battle Royal at All In. Yes. And that was the very first thing we saw, and I got so hyped after that. I was like, oh my god, that was like the best Battle Royal I've ever seen. It was so good. And, um, I don't know. I, that, that really got the night off to a great start. Like, you knew this could be something special. And then when the Bucks came out, before it even went on air, the Bucks came out and were like pumping people up. It was just a lot of fun. I don't know. I do think the Bucks match was way better at All Out than their main event that was rushed at right. All In. I agree with that as well. Um, Skrull versus Okada, too. I mean, you oh, had yeah. Okada on the show. Yeah, that exactly. was a wonderful match. Exactly. Pentagon versus Kenny, Kenny Omega, yep. with Jericho being the big surprise. Right. Just, there's a lot of great parts of All In. Yep, I agree. Uh, so you put it out on Twitter. Uh, I love both All In and All Out, but since I always pose these types of either-or questions, if you had to choose which show did you enjoy most, All In or out, All Out, which card did you like better? You can explain your vote in the comments below. And uh, like us, 284 votes. All In wins it with 56% of the vote. 
Yep, and that means that All Out received 44% of the vote. So pretty close when you look at it. It's not like All In won with a landslide or anything. Right. It was pretty darn close. In fact, in some of the explanations, a lot of people were saying All Out. Some people were saying All In because of the nostalgia. But let's get into the people's comments. And we'll start with good guy Dave at Dave Pazewski. I love them both. All In was a statement. It was like raising a pirate's flag on a ship and saying, we are here, and that way it remains legendary. All Out is the conclusion. They're showing everyone what they can do here. I liked this one better because everything came together nicely. I, I agree with him there. Yeah. And that, you know, All In was kind of like this standard, like it was the first one. So I, I think that's another part of it is because it was the first one, it seems bigger. It was so cool, the analogy of the pirate flag. I think that was yes. well done. At the underscore 31, All Out was the worst of their big three shows by far. Uh, it's, it's important to note that that's our friend Jeff, who's a contrarian. So I Yeah, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying that that's the worst of the three shows. If you thought Double or Nothing was much better. So. I don't think All Out was worse than Fight for the Fallen. I think he's talking about the three big papers. Oh, he means like All In, Double or Nothing, or All, all out. out. Yeah. yeah. If, if he's referring to those three, I don't know if you could technically count All is In as an AEW show. True. If he's comparing just to AEW shows. Maybe. So, I don't know. It's hard to say. All right, go ahead. Our good friend Zach at ZachShe130, All Out, no ties to ROH, so he's saying that's a positive. Um... No ties to ROH, as he said. AEW moving forward as a company. World champ crowned. Women's title match established. Stories continued from previous shows. Good yeah, that's point. a good point. Then we've got Derek at Derek Stark. I honestly don't think I can choose between them. I believe they both were amazing. At Nacho Coalmine uh, says, I clicked all in. But now that I think about it, All Out had better matches. So even in mid-vote, people can't make yeah. a decision. <laughs> it's hard to choose. Our friend Teddy at Zalanthus89, I felt like All Out was better produced and the matches were all solid quality. Then we've got at Bizarre1000, All In simply for the first time ever, Penta versus Omega, Cody wins NWA title. You know, that was really good times. Yes, it was. Uh, at MadNutter0102, I preferred All In because it was relatively new. This show was good, but it was nothing special in my opinion. I also felt it still went a tad too long. Then we've got Gary at Deuce McHenry. All In had better names. All Out had better action. So he's not really taking a side there. At Nathan Grice, All Out was better, but there was a lot of missteps made in the ring tonight. Uh, they did the right thing, not putting the belt on Paige. He's too bland and needs to get better at telling a story in his matches. I don't think he's bland, but I do think he's not an established name yet. So going on to TNT, Jericho's the right choice. And as we saw, he lit up the wrestling news world and even some of the mainstream media world with his whole little bit of bubbly thing and and losing the belt that made headlines. So yep. it was all over Twitter. So so in that way, everyone was talking about AEW, their title belt, Chris Jericho himself, and it was actually positive. Uh, moving on to uh, at Deep Fried Whiskey, All Out had the better matches in production, All In had the better crowd, and not having a promotion to build stories or having titles to work toward benefited great it greatly. It was just able to exist on its own. All Out had bigger expectations of what follows. Good points there. At Metallica T84, I was at All In last year, and it was a historical show with an amazing super indie card with possibly the best battle royal ever. And tonight was a solid, tonight meaning All Out, was a solid show, so it would be unfair for me to pick. Then we go to our friends at somewhatnerdy.com at some nerds. I say all in just because we were there, but all out was pretty damn great. Uh, at Bodega Wrestling, I will take or I will like September's show titled In Between. <laughs> <laughs> all out. Yeah. All, I, I got all in in between. Yeah. At, at Joel Pearl. All In was special for the mishmash of talent and the coming together of all these wrestling voices, but it lacked structure. Tonight's All Out needed to be a statement with proper stories and structure. They did that, and I preferred it, to be honest. I don't know. I think All In had, had some structure, especially with being the elite and everything. But I understand his point. 
at Cho431990 says All In was way better. Carl at Carl Hill 76 All Out felt lacking. I think this is why. And then he has a gif of Okada doing the Rainmaker pose. <laughs> so it was lacking Okada. Yeah, well, when you don't have Okada, you are missing out in some extent. That's true. At Derek underscore Dolson 23 anyone saying All Out is delusional. Kenny versus Pentagon, Marty versus Okada, and the women's fatal four-way, which, by the way, that Still was amazing. amazing. Yeah, I love that match. We're all spectacular matches. This one had the ladder match, but the other matches weren't that great at all. I like the triple threat, but yeah, to me, like the matches I liked the most were just those two matches. And then, like you said, there's so many other great matches from All In that yeah. had like a great feel. Like the women's Fatal Four Way match, yeah, so I'll, good. I'll take that over both matches, com- women's matches combined in this show. That's just, how good that Fatal Four Way was. It was really an epic Fatal Four Way. Uh, at Guardians underscore Comic. I picked All In, but only because it was the show that I saw live instead of from home. A lot of people seemingly were at All In that didn't go to All Out, yeah. by the way. Uh, I wish I had seen All Out live. Fair enough to whether they can compare the two equally. That's true. Well, I mean, I kind of part of me wishes we would have saw it live to compare equally. Yeah. But uh, it was nice to save some money, too. <laughs> Can't be at every show. <laughs> That's true. At Dark Johnston, I voted all in, but probably only because I was there in person. The atmosphere was unreal, and I'm sure that was true for All Out as well. But again, like, there was something about, like, the possibilities and the potential in the air at All In. You didn't know what was to come, so there was all this mystery and energy in the room. Just knowing what's going to happen because of this. I think that had a lot to do with it as well. So it is kind of, in a way... Um, an unfair question by me, but it was fun to see what people said. And again, it's not like all in, as I said earlier, won by a landslide or anything. It was pretty equal in the voting. All right, and final comment by our great friend who did our logo at Dreaded Dinosaur. Eric says, all in wins because it was like the first WrestleMania. The excitement, the unknown, companies working together to make something special. I don't think it can ever be topped. All Out was the AEW launch. It was great, and I'm looking forward to AEW on TNT. But All In was groundbreaking, like the moon landing, <laughs> but for, for wrestling. And I told him it was a great analogy. So he's saying it's like the moon landing, All In. <laughs> I thought when you scrolled down to this, when you said like the moon landing, but I thought he was going to be one of these conspiracy theorists and go like the moon landing, but real. <laughs> oh that's funny that been, no eric, that would have actually been a funny line that would have been a funny line but no eric's a great guy and what great points by him yep and we remember seeing him at starcast last year saw him at starcast in las vegas good seeing eric anytime i love him so much so he he's awesome but we missed out seeing him i think he was at all out i'm sure he was yeah so that was pretty cool so great answers and we're hoping for really great answers for our first show next week. It's Friday the 13th. We're on our new platform next week. And uh, over the course of the next few days, several tr- Twitter polls we want you to answer. Uh, first off, is Friday the 13th lucky or unlucky? Please vote lucky because I was born on Friday the 13th. I don't want it to be unlucky. My mom and dad think it's lucky. Yeah, Does that I'm count? Sure they do. Yeah. Uh, the second question will be, are you superstitious? Again, people are superstitious about Friday the 13th. What is your superstition if you're superstitious? And then finally, the wrestling angle that we want you to weigh in on with some explanations. What current wrestler, active current wrestler, is the luckiest wrestler right now? And what wrestler is the unluckiest? Now, we do want to clarify that lucky and unlucky can mean whatever you want it to mean. For instance... Okay, a wrestler can be considered lucky if he's super over. Or, in kayfabe, if he's, you know, had a championship for a very long time, then he's super lucky. Or if he gets a lot of championship opportunities, let's say. So you can make it mean whatever you want it to mean. Then unlucky, you know, someone who struggles to get over, who's bland, that, of course, would be not really in kayfabe, it would be in real life. But if you go kayfabe direction, someone who constantly loses. Well, whoever you choose for lucky and unlucky, just give us an explanation why. And uh, we, Be will, creative. we will read some of the best answers on the air next week. For um, our first solo show. And we look forward to it on Friday the 13th. Yeah. But now it's time to close out the show with Kelsey's Tweet of the Week. Yep, every week it's really getting harder and harder for me to choose. There was like 10 that I chose from this week. But the one that you sent me won. So Paul actually messaged me a tweet 
from Trent Beretta at Trentilocks and says, Make sure to pick a side, AEW or WWE, and be unreasonably mean on the internet to anyone who's not on your side. It will make you feel good. So, of course, monster sarcasm from one of my favorite people online. I I laughed so hard when I read this because it's, it's so true. People act like you can't like both. You know, you have to pick, like, being a Republican or a Democrat, you gotta be straight down the line and don't deviate. Yeah. <laughs> I just think he's so funny, and so is Chucky e. T. Like, if you look at either of their Twitter pages, like, you're gonna find gold. All on the page, the whole pl- profile will be amazing. Yeah. So check them both out on Twitter, and this week, Trent wins. Yes. Yes. And uh, next week, we will be on our own, and hopefully we will be winning by... Uh, <laughs> By our move and hopefully uh, the Patreon support and, and uh, our listener support that you guys have been great. Uh, if you're just a diehard Wrestling Inc. fan and you're not going to follow us. No. Well, screw you. No. <laughs> no uh, please follow please, us, but thanks for pl- checking us out. Please follow out. us. In, but yeah, thank you for checking us out. And uh, we will see and talk to you next week as we get set for uh, Clash of Champions and uh, whatever else good stuff. We have to talk about next week. Yep, we'll see you next time. (laughs) But until then, (laughs) that's it for us today. That's the finish. I want to give a very special thank you to all of our Patreons so far. Alex at KingNJ90, my good friend Jason at Jason underscore Span with two N's, Smart to Death, of course, one of my great friends, Anthony at Smart to Death, check out his pod, Charles Fitzpatrick, thank you, of course, my great friend Graham and Awesome Mason at MGB Wrestling Pod, check out their podcast, they're awesome, of course, John, we don't agree on juice, but he's still A plus in my book at Big Paws on a Pup, and he does great wrestling content. Check him out as well. And then our great friend Randy at Randy 00000001. I believe that is seven zeros, I think. <laughs> Thank you all so very much. We really appreciate your support. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.